I was driving. Shotgun, and you leaned over, and the trans, the gear shift was in the middle, and you leaned over and knocked it. Jeez. Okay, if you say so. See, I mean, come on, come on. Ah. Hey everybody and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and more. I'm Randy Cardoon, fresh off a visit to yet another Hollywood autograph show, where I caught up with some fun personalities we all grew up with, like the actors who played the original Will Robinson and Penny Robinson from the original TV show Lost in Space, Billy Mooney and Angela Cartwright. But first, it's time for... Talking about cars news! Dodge and Chrysler have been known for their Hemi V8 engines for years, but gas economy? That seemed to disappear when the Dodge Dart went away in 2016, although Fiat Chrysler did introduce the 8-speed transmission in 2015, which brought up the miles per gallon total somewhat for those who love their Hemis. Even their six-cylinder engines reportedly get 30 to 32 miles per gallon. But when Chrysler talks about hybrids and electric vehicles nowadays, it's as a way to enhance performance not necessarily get 45 miles a gallon or more. If you ever see what a Dodge Demon does against a Tesla at a drag strip, you'll understand. The Tesla basically spanks it as it burns down the track. And July 10th was a big day in Puebla, Mexico, as the final Volkswagen Bug rolled off the assembly lines as advertised. The Bug had been made continually since 1938, even when it wasn't sold in the U.S. any longer, Yep, they made him in Mexico. And now, the original Lost in Space, shown on CBS from 1965 to 1968. Billy Mooney and Angela Cartwright played the youngest kids of John and Maureen Robinson, played by the late Guy Williams and June Lockhart. But once the show ended, the actors moved on to other projects. Like them, learning how to drive. Mooney turned out to be a big car guy, and why not? By the time he was 13, he had already driven a spaceship. Right? Well, yeah, I, I flew the space pod. I think I flew the Jupiter II a couple times. I never drove the chariot. But when we were filming Lost in Space uh, at 20th Century Fox lot in West Los Angeles from 1965 through 1968, uh, my mother drove a 1962 Jaguar Mark II. And every day when we wrapped the show for the day, she would toss me the keys to her car and I would drive that car all around the Fox lot, which in those days included the back lot, which is long gone now, over the bridge over Olympic and past all the the uh, shops and props. Over there by Motor Avenue and all that? I grew up in Cheviot Hills, right off Motor Avenue on Forrester Drive. I used to ride my Schwinn Stingray, which I still have, uh, to the studio once in a while. Which, which Stingray did you have? It was a purple Schwinn Stingray Deluxe with a banana seat, you know. Yeah. Still have it. You didn't have the one with the stick shift on it or anything like that? No, no, it was straight, straight ahead, no gears on that one. But I did have a Schwinn Varsity 10-speed, you know, too. And it, it got stolen at uh, the May Company on uh, Westwood and Pico once, and it was locked and everything, and it got stolen. So then I got the, uh, the Stingray, and about a year and a half later, my father 
was at the Culver Center in uh, like Washington and, and Overland. And he saw what he thought was my Schwinn Stingray that had been, I mean, uh, the uh, Varsity that had been stolen. And in those days, you had licenses on bikes. So he had it, the license, in his wallet. And he looked, because it was a lime green Varsity uh, 10-speed. And it was small, like a 24 frame or something, because I was kind of short. And uh, sure enough, he, he took out the license and compared it. And it was my old bike, and he stole it back. Really? Yeah, I had them both. How did he steal it back? He picked it up and put in, put it in his car, drove it home, said, look what I found. It was cool. So I asked Marta Kristen briefly today uh, if she ever got a chance to drive anything, and she said no. She never got a chance. So how did you, because you were the younger brother in the show, get a chance to drive all these vehicles? Well, you know, I mean, the reality was Will Robinson was the genius kind of guy who, who pulled everybody's butt out of the fire every week. So, you know, somebody had to save the day. It just turned out to be me. So you actually, so explain, for those of you who may not remember this actually happening in the original show, in a general sense, give me what happened when you actually drove the Jupiter 2. I pulled us out of danger, danger, Will Robinson, you know, and the space pod. I think I flew more than I flew the Jupiter 2 because Major West and my dad, Professor Robinson, were usually piloting the Jupiter 2. But I definitely piloted it multiple times. That is, that is cooler than I remember. That's very cool. Well, you know, it was just a fiberglass uh, prop. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't quite as cool as, you know, maybe the first Porsche. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Okay, so the first paycheck when you were able and got close to, well, how old were you when you were actually doing this show? Well, I started acting when I was five. Uh, I did Lost in Space from 10 through 14. What was your first car? 1969 MGB GT. And why that car? Uh... Well, that's a good question, but I had it for a long time. I, I remember going out uh, to the Beverly Hills Porsche dealership when I was 15 with my dad, and I had my permit, but I had never driven a clutch, ever, right? I had driven a lot. I used to drive my parents' cars a lot. My dad used to take me out into vacant lots and, or, you know, uh, industrial places. And I, I was good at, I was used to driving, but I'd never driven a clutch before. We went to the Porsche dealership and I took this uh, 911 out and it was like rush hour. It was like five o'clock and I stalled it like, I think three or four times in a row. And I, I remember feeling so embarrassed that I couldn't go back and buy the Porsche. Uh, and it was, you know, British cars. I've always liked British cars. I've had a lot of British cars. I've had seven Jaguars, uh, the MGB GT, and a Jensen Healey, ah. which was a nightmare. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, the MGB GT was my first car. And you could, you know, it had that hatchback. You could put a couple guitars in the back of that car and still, you know, have a passenger and be very easy to get them out at gigs and stuff. So I think that was a, there was a practical reason to that choice. How old were you when your mom let you drive the, her Jag? Uh, 12, 13. Okay. You had a good mom. You had like one of the best moms ever. Well, you when know, it came to cars. It, it's like you're on, you're on a private, it's, you know, I mean, the lot is, is like a private little world where I was, uh, what's the word, you know, like a little prince of the lot. Because I'd been there 
for five. I, I, I did a film with Jimmy Stewart called Dear Bridget right before Lost in Space. So I kind of stayed on the lot for five years. And uh, it was it was fun driving. The, it was my little treat at the end of the day. Like, you know, it was she tossed me the keys before she had that 62 Jaguar. She had a 59 pink Cadillac. That was my mom's car. She drove a pink 59 Caddy, and that was the car that she took me to the studios in when I was a little kid every day uh, before the Jag. And I must say, I was somewhat embarrassed to be seen in that car as a little kid. Now, of course, I wish I still had the pink Caddy. Mm -hmm. But I remember it, it was just so huge and, and I'd sit there in the back seat while she was driving there were no seat belts or anything we'd listen to we'd listen to KFWB listen to like the Everly Brothers and the early Beach Boys and Ricky Nelson Wink Martindale and and uh, I, I yeah we'd drive from our house in Cheviot Hills or Beverly Wood before Cheviot Hills to Universal and Disney and Paramount and Columbia and all the different lots mm-hmm. in that pink caddy man yeah KFWB in that day, KHJ, or... KRLA. Or KRLA, yeah. Yeah. I was an L.A. rock and roll radio kid, that's for sure. KFWB was my station of choice before it became all news. But I I listened to KRLA and KHJ, Boss 30, and all that stuff. To this day, a lot of us still uh, love to listen to those TM jingles and all that other fun stuff. Those were the cars you grew up with uh, and the car you had. What's in your garage right now? Right now uh, is my 1997 black-on-black Carrera 993 Coupe. Um, There's also a 2008 Jaguar Silver XKR Coupe and a 1996 black convertible Jaguar XJS six-cylinder. And my wife drives a little Mercedes. Kind of like those British Motors vehicles. Well, I, you know what? I, there's a great, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there's character to the British cars. And once you've acclimated to that character, it's hard to let it go. But uh, there are certainly some, uh, shall we say, technical issues that come with that character. It's a fair exchange. You know, I've had several Porsches, and, you know, every time I've let one go, I've always, after a year or so, gone back to having a a 911, because nothing feels like that car. Nothing. But it's also a car you don't necessarily want to be in in a 105-degree day, you know, with, uh, especially if it's a manual transmission. Currently, I I don't have, I have the PDK, the, you know, but... um, well, I'm glad you learned how to eventually drive a manual transmission. Oh, well, the MG, all my first car, the, the MG was manual, and then the Jensen Healy was manual. I had a 71 Camaro. That was not manual. Uh, yeah, I've had a lot of manual cars over the years. Uh, three of my Porsches were manual. Did that Jensen Healy have a, well, now some of them came with Mopar motors. I mean, what did yours have in it? It had a piece of crap in it. <laughs> I bought that car 
and I, I kept it about six or seven months and you couldn't go from the cab to the corner to the next corner without four quarts of oil coming out of it. The uh, passenger door wouldn't open. The glove box wouldn't stay shut. And when sunshine directly hit the, the dash through the windshield, it would fog up. It was, it was just a nightmare and it was a great looking car. It was a you know beautiful little car, but it, it, it was horrible. It was just a complete nightmare. And, and I was actually doing a television series at Universal called Sunshine when I had that car and I had to like hitchhike. Literally, I had to like I, the car wouldn't go, and I had to like hitchhike to work more than once. So on my 21st birthday, and I'd only had it maybe six months. On my 21st birthday, I drove on to the Beverly Hills Mercedes lot, and I dumped that Jensen Healy for a uh, black-on-black Mercedes 280C that I drove for uh, eight years. Well, what was that like uh, hitchhiking uh, on your way to a TV show that you started? It wasn't good. It was. It was not like what I wanted to be doing, you know. Or I would have kept the car and hitchhiked occasionally. You know, I I grew up here all my life. I've lived in LA. I've traveled all over, but I've lived in LA all my life. And I'm going to get dark for a second, which is not what I want to do with our conversation here. But you know, after. 69 after the Manson summer you didn't want to hitchhike around here anymore and before that when I was 13 14 and the hippies were really coming into uh, fruition uh, yeah you know I was 13 14 I was a little guitar player I might have been on TV but you know I my friends and I we would hitchhike to the beach or we'd hitchhike up to Hollywood and stuff like that but but after that, after that terrible 69, I did not want to be hitchhiking again. And I'm talking now about like 75. Mm -hmm. That's when, when I had the Jensen Healy and 74, 75. Yeah. yeah okay. So anyway, not a happy moment, but, you know, it worked out all right. Well, so it was more than just, hey, I'm picking up Billy Moomy, the lost in space no, guy. No, 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 no. I don't think I don't think anybody ever was aware of, of any kind of uh tv boy celebrity part to the thumb out on the road yeah. cars you used to have that got away mm -hmm. if you can get one back what would it be one it would be my first porsche a 1985 911 coupe it the color was called meteor it was like a metallic gray with just a little bit of like, is that purple in it? You know, it just, it wasn't quite a flat gray. It had a little purplish in it and it had a, like a olive interior. And um, that was a great car. And I, I had it for about six or seven years. And then one day I was, I live in Laurel Canyon. And one day it was really, really hot and the air conditioner really wasn't working well. And uh, my left leg was literally spasming because I was at the top of like Mulholland and Laurel Canyon behind a ton of traffic trying not to slip back into another right. car, right. you know, and it, I just had enough. I was just like, I'm, that's it. And I went and traded that car right away. Like it was like, I, I get very impulsive. I do. I, it's, it's not necessarily good, but I do get very impulsive. And I went and I traded that car for a little Mercedes 560 SL, which was a great car. But, you know, if you've been driving a Porsche, as I'm sure your listeners know, if you drive a Porsche for more than a few months, mm -hmm. you know, and then you let that go, sooner or later you're going to go, oh, man, i got to get back into a Porsche. Yeah. So I did, and I, I ended up getting Don Henley's 
86 Porsche, which was the same color combination, and it was Henley's, and we had the same Porsche service guy. And I, I, I went to my Porsche service guy. I said, I miss that. I miss the car. And he goes, well, you know, Henley's got one just like it, only a year newer, and he's getting rid of it. So I bought that car from Henley, and I had that for a while. Wow. Well, that's one way to find out and network about cars and people in the biz. Yeah, ask the guys who fix them, <laughs> who's getting rid of one. So there you go. For those of you wanting to know where a good car is, get to know your service guy. That's always an important tip. See, never let it be said that you don't learn something by listening to talking about cars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Rules of the road. And yes, talk to your service guys. They know the real poop. Everybody has a list. Cars that I want someday. Give me the top two or three that's on Billy Moomy's I want a car like that someday. Mm, I wouldn't mind having an Aston Martin. And I wouldn't mind having a Bentley. Uh, but you know what I've always wanted is like a late 30s coupe that was transformed into a modern car with great air conditioning a great sound system anti-lock brakes and airbag all the like the styles of american cars of the late 30s to me my grandmother had a 41 chevy coupe and uh i used to you know drive that a little bit but she didn't like anybody touching it but um you know that that era that late 30s era before the war um those cars have such great character and they're so beautiful um so but i wouldn't want to go through the hassle of a you know column shift kind of a deal again but it would be great to have a late 30s buick or something that was just all bitching out so basically the top taken off chassis redone to modern specs so basically you could drive it as every day if you wanted to and, and oh, yeah. it would be great oh yeah i, I i'm not i mean at, at this point in my life i'm not looking for cars you can't drive very much anymore mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I don't have the, the room for one thing and uh i guess that urge for speed or something that's kind of, i've kind of satisfied that over the years mm -hmm. i used to have a bmw 633 csi five speed that was a surprisingly fast car it was kind of a cross between the uh, porsche and the and the mercedes you know because it had that it had the kind of more of a comfort of the mercedes but it, it was again it was a, a manual transmission and it was fast mm -hmm. it was a good looking car too best car story that you can think of as far as fun or trouble or just something if somebody said to you, you know, what what happened with a car that uh, maybe even in a show? Okay. All right. Uh, this comes to mind impulsively and, and immediately. So this is the one I'm so going to So the impulsive thing is going to work here. Go I'm, ahead. I'm going to go with this. Okay, it's go. 1973. I'm 19. I'm in my uh, Rally Sport burnt orange Camaro, uh, and I'm with two of my best friends. We're leaving Santa Monica, co a coffee house, I think it was Sambo's, in Santa Monica at about 2.30 in the morning, and some words were exchanged with someone in a parking lot there. We're on the Santa Monica freeway, driving really slow back to uh, where we lived in like Cheviot Hills. 
And we're in the Camaro. My friend Gary Krinberg was driving, and I was riding shotgun. And all of a sudden, this Chevy Malibu pulls up in the lane to our left. And the guy riding shotgun rolls down his window and has a 45 caliber pistol in his hand. And he says, pull over. And Gary, who was driving, who was a very tough guy, became a Navy SEAL. Um, Gary starts to pull over to the side of the freeway. And I said, Gary, this isn't a cop. Get out of here. Right? And Gary Krinberg, I swear this is true, he literally said these words, my name is Bond, James Bond. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he floored the Camaro, and these guys in the Chevy Malibu, which was an exact kind of exchange of power, the same basic cars, engine-wise, these guys, we start screaming down the Santa Monica freeway, these guys are chasing us, and they're shooting at us. Bullets were like, ping, ping around the car, literally. Uh, and we were going about 115, 120 miles an hour, and we turned onto the Overland Avenue exit, killed the lights, and that was kind of our neighborhood. We went to Palms Middle School there in Hamilton High School, and we killed the lights and took these back little roads and ended up at the Pickwick Bowling Alley on Pico where we ran into the bowling alley uh, and called the police and sat there and shivered for uh, another hour or so. That's, my, that's, that's a pretty, uh, that's a strong car story. That's my, that, that, and I also did a complete 360 spin out in the MGBGT, basically just past Dead Man's Curve on Sunset about a year and a half before that. Wow, that those are strong. That's a strong story. Congratulations, you on that. That that's one of the that beats most of the ones we've ever had. Yeah, it was scary. We've it, never had bullets involved no, in ours. It's true. It was it was it was it was scary, and it and it happened, and uh, and we you know we lived to tell the tale. So, any advice for people that next time they go to Sambo's or something <laughs> like that, uh, not to do to avoid that in the future? Don't exclaim expletives at strangers in a parking lot at 1.30 in the morning uh, unless you're prepared for what comes next. That's Billy Moomy, Will Robinson of the 1960s TV show Lost in Space. Now, after their TV association, it turns out, I discovered that, and apparently I'm the only one in the world not to know this, Billy Moomy and Angela Cartwright hung out a lot together after the show ended especially at concerts. Yes, we saw almost everybody you can think of together. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we dated for a couple of years. Wait, what? You, you dated? Brother, sister, dated? Yeah. We did. 40 years later, she does like, doesn't want to admit it. Wait a minute, did this get out? Is this breaking news? No, it's not breaking news. It, we talk. Randy Cardoon say breaking news. Yes. Do that again. Is this breaking news? Come on, now what is it? Well, it, I mean, I've heard the Brady Bunch stories, but I've never oh, heard no, the Lost in Space. This was much better. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. But so you were talking cars now, right? Yes, sure. Okay. Well, okay, yeah. Well, is that what you? That was. Yeah, that's that what was, the show is. That was the the point, the goal. Yes. Okay, so we're in... Until you said you guys, brother and sister, dated from Lost well, in mean, Space. 
we were only we were we weren't really brother well, and sister. Yeah, I know. In case that slipped by, she's got like 17 months on me, so I had to wait, you know, till my voice changed and I was taller than her. But do you remember I used to pick you up and take you to school? Yeah, this was this the in between period where I used to. When we were on hiatus, right, we would just go to school on the 20th Century Fox lot. And for a while, I would ride my purple Schwinn Stingray to the the school, right? But then she turned 16, and I wasn't going to ride a bicycle while she was driving her 69 Camaro. So uh, I walked. And after a little bit of walking, it changed, and Angela picked me up every day. So you turned 16 and you got a 69 Camaro. I did. It was a regular Camaro. And in 1971, she and I both went to the uh, Chevy dealership on Olympic and we ordered two brand new Camaros. And again, hers stayed white and I got the burnt orange rally sport. And our license plates were 156 CPT and 159 CPT. That's pretty close in CPT. Uh, On the Camaros. The things you remember. Oh, I remember a lot of things. (laughs) Talking cars. You're right, of course. I remember the drive-in. Which drive-in did you go to? It was in Burbank. Pickwick? Yeah. It's not there anymore. No, a lot of things aren't there anymore, dear. (laughs) So so you guys, like, would date at the drive-in in a 69 Camaro? 69 MGB GT. Did anybody double take? I mean, did anybody recognize you guys? It's a drive-in. It. You don't see people in the drive-in. In a, in a convertible. No. no. The answer is no. Oh, okay. No. She was way beyond the penny look, and my hair was down to my shoulders, and I don't think anybody recognized us in those days. And the windows were fogged up anyway. There was no aerial disturbance. So what, what he's saying basically is his defrosters didn't work too well? I don't remember. She's playing the I she don't remember. She, but she, but it, sadly, you know, senility struck young, and she just doesn't remember. We're at a drive-in. No, we did not keep the motor running. So you defroster, reopen the window. But as Steppenwolf would have said, we were born to be wild. Get you. Absolutely. I agree. You agree with that? Yeah. Only have one life. This, this time around. So you basically dated after. Oh yeah, it was after. Okay. It was after. Yep. That's certainly interesting. See, I'm learning all sorts of interesting. Our our listeners. They didn't read our book, Lost and Found in Space. You would know all these things. I I am feeling guilty. I am feeling guilty now. Oh, you should. I have it right here. Lost and found in space. Okay. Yeah, we wrote it. All of our memories from making the show and see for all you lost in space fans this is why you should read that book and if you haven't read the book you should find that book because for some reason if david cassidy dated susan day it would be all over the place oh i know things (laughs) (laughs) okay all right well no she says she knows things comes out you know not everything
Okay, I, I must stop here and throw in this. According to lore, legend, and the internet, Parade Magazine, that kind of stuff, Susan Day actually had a crush on David Cassidy, like back then what co-ed didn't. And Parade Magazine says in Shirley Jones' memoir, he just liked her as a friend, and while I can't say how that ended... You can imagine. Let's just say ever since, Day has refused to join her fellow Partridge family cast members in any reunions. And of course, with the passing of Suzanne Crow and David Cassidy, doesn't look like that's going to change any time in the future. Okay, let's get back to our conversation with Billy and Angela. We're driving back from Lancaster in a 1968 Pontiac Le Mans with uh, Robert Hamer and Sandy Sessler in the back seat and Angela's in the front seat, and it's, I don't know, maybe like 8 o'clock, it's dark, and she kind of leans over, you know, just to cuddle or say hello or something, nothing, no big deal, but she leans over, and she throws the transmission into reverse on the freeway, going 60, 70 miles an hour, and that Pontiac Le Mans just screamed, ah, it does not compute, <laughs> right? And, the, and we pulled over to the side of the road and the car wouldn't start for quite a while. And the, there were no cell phones and it was like, are we gonna go walk to a phone box or something? And after about, I don't know, it was probably, let's just say, uh, in a real sense, let's say it was 10 or 15 minutes, the car started up again. And that was that. Yeah, but did you have a reverse gear? I don't know, it was my dad's car. I took it home, gave it to him. <laughs> Funny, he seemed to get the Cadillac right after that. Yeah, I don't know. The, suddenly the car disappeared, and gee, I wonder what happened with that. Okay. That, is a, that is a true story, and she did throw it in into reverse on the freeway. And she hates reminiscing. Le Mans. Had a, it was my... Driving. I was driving. Shotgun, and you leaned over, and the trans, the gear shift was in the middle, and you leaned over and knocked it. Jeez. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> See, I mean, come on, come on. Ah. Oh. oh, the pain. <laughs> he does the pain. The pain. He's the best. Who does the better Jonathan Harris uh, impersonation? Oh, there's no contest, dear boy. Mind your manners or you'll lose your friends. Oh, the pain. So was the Camaro your first car? Yes, it was. It was my first car. And you turned 16. I did, yes, indeed, and I was able to buy my own car. It's very exciting. Why the Camaro? Um, I really couldn't tell you. I liked it. I, I'm not big into cars, I'll be honest. All I need is four wheels and, you know, get me there. But I don't like old cars. I mean, they're fun to be in in a parade, but not if you've got to drive the grandkids to school. You know what I mean? I so what's in your garage now? A Mercedes. I drive a Mercedes. Well, I drive that's not bad. No, no, I like it. I like it a lot. I wish it was made in America, but parts of it are, I guess. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I like the Mercedes. I had a Mini for a while, and I love that. Oh, really? It's really fun, but, you know, I have three grandkids, so I need a little bit bigger car. You had three Camaros in I a row? I liked them. I gave one to my parents, I remember. I gave them the red one. Which one was the red one? <laughs> AB, after Bill. I see. All right. So the first one was white. What was the second one? Uh, the second one was like a tanny color. 
and then the third one was red. 69, when did I have my Camaro? 71. We both had got 71s together. She had a, her first car was a 69, I think, Camaro. My first car was a 69 MGB GT. Then we both got 71 Camaros, and then she got another one. And I don't know if that was 73 or 74. Driving your MGB, though, that was fun. You let her drive the MGB? I totally let her drive. You are a really trusting soul. Yeah. Or I was the ride to school, are you kidding me? Either that or I was just too wasted to drive myself. Okay, that could be. This is, this is where you find out more about your stars than you were expecting. So, of all the cars that you've had, if you had a chance to get one back, what one would that be? You know, it, it's weird because there's like really, it's not something I yearn for. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just want it to be safe and for me to get there. <laughs> That's terrible. You are so sensible, Angela. I just, I don't know. I, I like getting a new car, though, every couple of years. I, I must say that. All right, so you do that. You get the new car every couple of years. Okay. So how long have you had the Mercedes? Uh, it's up two years. Actually, I'm going to call and be, I'm going to get the next size up. The next size up? She's got a GLC. Oh, what would be the next size up? GLE? Yeah. E, F, G, H. The room is, is basically it. Still have three grandchildren. I do indeed, and I will be driving my one that's starting kindergarten. I'll be picking them up some days, and uh, so I want to be prepared. Billy Moomy and Angela Cartwright from the 1960s TV show Lost in Space, the original. Next time here on Talking About Cars, we'll finish off our visit with the actors from that show when I talk with not only Billy, but Marta Kristen, who played Judy Robinson. Hey, remember to subscribe to our podcast on Radio.com and iTunes and KNX 1070, so that way you can be notified when a new Talking About Cars is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And if you're on iTunes, don't forget, rate us and review us. Also, looking for more background to our episodes? Go to our website, TalkingAboutCars.net. Again, thanks to our friends at The Hollywood Show. I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me next time as we have some fun talking about cars.